everyone, and welcome to Real Unstructured, where we bring you inspirational spotlights to keep you radical, empowered, authentic, and living in the word. I am your host, Narissa, and this is a platform specifically designed for millennials to showcase their God-given gifts and talents with the world who have used unstructured, unconventional, and unapologetic means to pursue their dreams. Now, today's guests, we have two today. It is Khalil and Tamia. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much. I'm so excited. So before we get into the nitty gritty of what you guys are doing and awesome work that you guys are doing in Pennsylvania, uh, why don't you introduce yourselves and tell us how you came to be business partners together? Okay, um, I'll go first. My name's Tamia. Um, we met at church, so this perfectly aligns with the mission of this organization. So we met at church and we became really good friends. It was instant. Um, we were just your average two friends. We were both still in high school. Um, our friendship grew over the little bit of months we had to grow. And then we became business partners because he started his own nonprofit, which was directly aimed towards youth, like young men, might I say. And of course, you know, it would be wrong for me to just sit alongside and just support men. So it was like, let's just <laughs> end and do what we do. So, Gotcha. Thank you, Khalil. Um, so my name is Khalil Darden. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Young Black Motivated Kings and Queens, um, of which started as like when my uncle was murdered in 2013, I just knew something. I, I just knew I wanted to do something to impact my community um, and pour back into young people and give them an opportunity that I didn't have growing up. Mm. And so it started with one event that we did um, July 9th in 2016. Uh, we just celebrated four years. Um, it started then, and from there, the next event that happened, um, we did a talent show, and to me, it helped with that. And from the months on going on, it was like, why don't we just add Queens into, because we started as Young Black Motivated Kings, and so we added Queens um, following after our first event and going into our second. Gotcha. So, yeah, I want to hear more about what you guys are doing and all the events that you guys have throughout the year. But tell us, so you did say that your company is YBMKQ. So that stands for Young Black Kings and Queens, where you just said you added the queens to the kings. Um, so where did you get the name from and then the inspiration? Dig a little bit deeper into your story and how that came about. Um, so at the first event, we had like a sign up sheet to like stay involved and stay they um, up with like the work that we will be doing in the community um, and literally after I left the event everybody was texting me like what's next um, what do you have planned to do next and so I came home and my mom was like or do you plan on doing anything next because that, that wasn't my plan it was like let me just do this event pour back into my community mm -hmm. and then kind of step back you know what I mean and step in where it need be um, the name came from and it's literally like I tell people this story all the time um, I literally was in my room just like writing down names that like I was thinking about, right? So young, black, motivated, like all of those names. Um, and literally when I came up with the name Young Black Motivated Kings, I called my uncle and he was like, you don't think it's going to be like um, controversial? Like you don't think it's going to try to draw a line? I was like, that's the point um, mm -hmm. to kind of uplift and build black, um, black youth and black men um, and specifically. And so that, that's literally how it came about for me, just jotting down. Um, just words on a piece of paper and picking four of them out. Oh my goodness. So how, what did you feel to Mia as you were seeing him and engaging with Khalil? Like, how did you feel like, yeah, we can't leave these Queens out of this. Like, what was your inspiration to get involved? Um, I think I was inspired because I knew that it was for a great cause. 
And I knew that behind the scenes, I was doing way too much for it to just be like, oh, I'm doing this for men. So it was like, I might as well just, you know, throw it out there, see if he's for it. And then we can just go from there. Because literally at the beginning, I was catching buses like around the world just to go to his events and make sure everything was right. <laughs> it's no way I'm about to just do all this for somebody else. I'm like, we might as well. Gotcha. So where you just uh, talked a little bit, uh, Khalil, about the fact that your uncle was murdered. And so are there other circumstances or situations like that, experiences that you have endured that caused you to see the need? Um, and so this is your way of kind of filling back or not filling that void, but giving back, like you said, to your community. What other experiences or circumstances uh, really caused you to go full speed ahead with this organization? Um, so after my uncle was murdered in 2013, um, I kind of like kept up with the work that I was doing, right? Um, and trying to like build off of um, what I knew he would want me to do. And then um, sophomore year, uh, one of my childhood friends who like I went to school with forever uh, was murdered. Um, and so from there, it was like, okay, I kind of took a step back and said like, I, the same community I'm pouring into um, seems to keep taking from me, right? Wow. But from there, it was like, the narrative won't change if I stop. Um, and the community that we have now won't progress if the young people don't step up and kind of put it into what's going on. Um, and literally when I tell you like it's something different every year from the four years we've started, literally something new happens, something new comes up, something like something happens every year. So after my friend was murdered, um, Antoine Rose II was murdered, right? And I was honestly shocked to see how many young people like were leaning on us and looking at us for that support, for that guidance, right? Um, and so it pushed us into a light that honestly like I, I would say we weren't ready for, but we kind of stepped up and made it happen. Mm. Um, and so stepping up in that light and being there for his family and on top of being there for his family, being a light for the community and for the young people to follow. Mm -hmm. um, and then this year in December, um, my best friend had passed away from gun violence. And so um, I kind of take a step back every time, you know what I mean? And say like, dang, the same community I'm pouring into seems to keep taking away from me. Mm -hmm. um, but it's honestly my motivation to keep going and keep pushing forward because um, without us making this change, the same things are going to continue to happen. And so it's like changing the narrative for young people, right? Where when the next generation comes behind us, they're not facing, oh, I'm losing my friends. Like, I mean, we're able to create a better and safer community for the people coming up behind us. Absolutely. I mean, especially us as black and brown people, we have the brunt of it um, from police, police brutality to um, all types of just unrest and, and just systemic racism that is prevalent nowadays. So definitely get it and love what you're doing, Khalil. So to Mia, what kind of experiences are you able to channel in with African-American females? What is your perspective um, dealing with the organization? Um, dealing with this organization, I've experienced a lot of like youth that need friends. They need people just to look up to and be that extra role model because you you see nowadays like even teachers they go to school every day and their teachers sometimes don't even give them that love that they need. So it's like we get different messages and phone calls all the time saying like I really look up to you guys and you're so young doing this and that and I want to do this and it's like we got to keep putting on for the kids because they're literally looking up to us as these figures that are just like out of this world. So it's like, I think a lot of even young girls, they see, how do I put this? Even like, okay, so little girls and their 
experiences with men nowadays or especially something that really needs to be fixed. And I think that they see the love that I give Khalil and the other male members of our organizations and our male mentors. And it's like the way they pour into me and the way I pour into them, that's something that the community needs because often men bashing women or just being disrespectful. So it's like the, 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 what they give me is something that I want all young women to experience. So we keep trying to put them into these positions in different places where they can feel that. Absolutely. And that's powerful. I mean, it, it, that by itself is just powerful because low self-esteem, low self-worth, ensuring people's value, speaking positivity and empowerment, encouragement to other people is definitely something that our generation needs. Khalil, what were you going to say? I think, I think, too, people look at like business relationships and like men and women work, are working together as in like, oh, they have to be in a relationship. Oh, they have to be like married, you know, in order to make business yeah. work. Um, and I think we kind of changed that narrative, right? Like the a number of people that ask us like, oh, are y'all together? Like, it's literally like outrageous, right? <laughs> but being able to create that narrative where like we're we're a family that literally just wants to love and pour in, wow. into our community outside of being in like personal relationships yeah. and things like that. Um, I, we want to kind of create the narrative for young women, young women and young men to where you guys can work together and build entrepreneurial endeavors without actually being together or being in a relationship. I love that. Breaking stereotypes. I mean, y'all really are doing the thing. Like, dang. So, okay, we've talked about the background and your experiences. Now, tell us exactly what are you putting on every year? What What is it that you put on? Because I know about the gala, but obviously our viewers and our listeners don't know. So tell us the types of programming that YBMKQ puts on. Okay, so um, our two main things, would be the gala, which is in about June every year, except this year, because, you know, Miss Rona. But um, the gala is our black tie affair. It's a very formal event, and we try to have about three to maybe five speakers every year just to come and pour into the youth. We have a very diverse crowd from young to old, and they usually just give their own spill of life, something to be encouraging to the people in the crowd, to share their stories. Um, our first year, we had Leon Ford. As you may know, he suffered from gun violence, um, police brutality, and he's still on his feet. He's an author now. So it's like he talked about everything he went through and every, how he got past it. Um, every year, we try to aim for something different, um, youth speakers, millennial speakers, different things like that. And it's really just a family affair. Um, we try to keep everything youth-based and Black-owned. We have Black-owned catering, Black-owned um, decor. Um, members of our organization perform, and they're the DJs every year. So we just definitely try to keep everything all in the family. So that happens every year in June. Um, our next big event would be the toy giveaway. Every year that really grows. We started out just traveling to people's houses and giving out maybe like 10 to 20 toys for their um, age group. And last year we were able to give like 2000 toys. We hosted an event at the Grayson Center on the Hill. It was um, a Grinch theme. We had like decorations, coloring giveaways, haircut giveaways, um, free food. Um, yeah, it was that was crazy. Like it was just amazing seeing all of that different stuff and how you could really impact someone's life. My favorite thing to tell people was that maybe when our in our first year of doing this, when we were in like rental cars going to people's houses, we met a boy. His name was Remington, and um, someone reached out to us basically saying, you know, his family was in need because they had went through something previously. And of course, they were first on our list. We traveled to his house, and he was like the happiest person in the world because we gave him a Spider-Man scooter. And I'm like, this is crazy because sometimes we don't realize what we have. And the fact that we're able to pour into these different families is amazing. And he has actually been at 
all of our toy drives since the first time we met him and he remembers us and he loves us and it's like wow we are really making a change in this little boy's life so yeah those are two biggest events um we try to give book bags every year we had um annual book bag giveaways but when um Antoine Rose was murdered we tried to combine that with his uh annual community day where we gave book bags away at his event and now you know the rona hit again so this year we actually did ipad giveaways for people to do um remote learning and yeah so we only really have like two major events where we try to do different things throughout the year just to keep people engaged with our organization so yeah if i'm missing something back me up because i'm tired um i think the biggest thing for me um because like tamia said when we first started the christmas giveaway it was literally like we opened up i had reached out to sneaker villa um and they had gave us like a box of toys mm-hmm. right and so it was like, okay how do we divide this up and uh to me and i went and bought like extra little stuff um and like she said we served remington's family the first year and then this year like for me it was like one of those like moments where you step back and kind of see the work that you have been doing um because like to see him come and remember us and like still want to be around you know what i mean and even though like his family is in a better place now than they were before. Um, him still willing to like, and want to be around us. Um, it was like super, like super exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Um, even like the black tie, it literally like the first year there was probably like 30 people there. And last year we served about like 200, 250. Wow. Um, so I can say like to sit, like literally when me and Tamia walked on the stage last year, we was like, we did not know this many people were here. Wow. Like, it was the point where we had to, like, to me, it wasn't dressed yet, and neither was I. We had to go in the back and, like, sneak through everybody to get ready. Um, And it's, like, I think that even this year, like, even with coronavirus going on, um, we received, like, our most funding that we've started in, like, four years. Um, And we received almost, like, $45,000 in funding, right? Um, and even looking at that, we got even like our financial letters and stuff like that. It was like, this is crazy that four years ago, we were starting GoFundMe's to have events. We were reaching out to people to try to sponsor events. And now we're able to even sponsor other young people and put on our own events. Um, so I think for us to just keeping a youth center, right? Like, even though we're getting older, even though we're going to college, um, still putting on for our city, um, and putting on for the young people here because we know the obstacles that we had to jump to get where we are um, and to where we want to be. And so it's to continue to provide opportunities for other young people. Wow, that is such a blessing. I mean, y'all are inspiring me. Goodness. I mean, I remember, so y'all from my home city. I live in Dallas now, but y'all in my home city, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And y'all are really just doing it big. And we need to shed a light on organizations like yours. So that's a great segue, Khalil, into my next question as far as how you are going about getting your funding and your sponsorships. So what are you doing now, like you said, was different than before. So before you were starting GoFundMe pages, now are you sending out letters or are people just contacting you? How are you getting your funding sources to put on these events around the city? So we received our first grant in 2018 um, from the Opportunity Fund. Um, And literally, we only got Mm $5,000. And it was crazy because that year was a year that, like, we were trying to upgrade the block tie. Like, every year we think, like, I'll call Tamia, literally, and, like, it'll, we'll both be, like, literally right after we finish the event, we'll talk and be like, how can we make next year better? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and so every year is about going up. Um, and so One Hood was our fiscal sponsor um, from 2017 on. 
and there's like they provided us with a lot of financial support but when they, we were able to get and write our first grant um that was a really big step wow. um and i think what makes right now we're writing grants um and we still secure sponsorships from um, different places like that but i think funders now look at us and say okay they were doing this much work without funding how can we support you um, like I'll never forget, we were to me. I was in, I was at school. To me, it was able to be in person for a funding meeting that we had, um, and literally they just wanted to hear our ideas. They wanted to hear the work that we wanted to do, um, right? And this is we're literally as coronavirus is happening, um, and we literally told them our ideas about how the plans that we have and the stuff that we want to do, and literally they gave us the biggest grant that we've ever received ever. Um, and this is like with us out even like putting out a number without us even asking for anything. They're like, apply for this much because we have this much for you. Wow. Um, and so it really was like people trust us this much, right, with this much money um, to do this work for the community. And it's honestly like, a, it's like breathtaking for real. Like we, when we look back and look over our funding, it was like, this is crazy. Um, because four years ago, like we would have never thought to be here. Um, like, a while ago, we would literally rely on our ticket sales and donations to make events happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, like, we were even able, in a space where this year we were going to offer where students were able to come for free, where, like, we're able to provide opportunities for young people to be able to come out without them having to pay so that they can just get the experience mm-hmm. um, and hear the stories that older people and even younger people have to share. Absolutely. Absolutely. So to me, what is your involvement then with, um, you know, the partnership that you and Khalil have? Like he said, you just, you know, maybe if he's not available, you attend a funding um, event or a funding meeting. Like, are you the main individual on the back end doing the administrative stuff or kind of what's your role um, with the organization? Um, I think it's a little bit of everything for the both of us. Okay. Sometimes we have to split things down the middle and do a 50-50 because we're both in school. So sometimes our breaks don't align or something like that. And oftentimes, like me, I know I struggle with like severe anxiety. So I'll let him just do all the talking. Sometimes I'll even freak out before we supposed to go on the news or something. I'm like, well, you just go ahead and do it. Like they already know I'm behind the scenes. So it doesn't even matter. So yeah, I feel like everything is literally 50-50, even when it comes to grant writing. Like we'll share a screen or something and I'll see him typing and I'm typing over him. It's like, okay, move over. We just do this together, knock it out. So yeah, this is one thing that I can say that we do everything together, except social media. I handle all of our social yeah, media. <laughs> Look, that's, I love it, yeah, because I'm not a social media person. I hate social media. I got somebody else doing that stuff for me, yeah. Mm-mm. Literally, to me, it sends me graphics and captions like, post this at this time <laughs> and go from there. It's <laughs> not my, look, it's not my expertise. I could write a grant, I could go to a meeting, I could do a news, inter- any of that. <laughs> the social media not for me oh my goodness so one more question for you guys now when you're talking about all of the events and things that you're doing this isn't something that you just had the experience this is something you just jumped in and figured out and learned along the way so Mm -hmm. when it comes to grant writing when it comes to being able to sit down and have a business meeting with somebody who wants to sponsor you or you're asking for funding how did you guys, what was that learning curve like? How did you guys get the, the knowledge and the expertise to be able to move forward in what you're doing? So I think, I think he picks up where I like and I pick up where he likes. We both came into this with 
different experiences with different things, even with the whole social media thing. That's what I'm in school for. So it's like, okay, I can put that into this organization and you you learned how to write the grant first, so you can just put me onto that. So that's how everything really maneuvers in this whole organization. And I feel like when we first started with things, everything was a learning experience. We never had experience experience doing um, press releases for our organization or even being on the news, talking to people, being in these meetings. So it's like our first time was just, we just had to wing it and go in for it. And it's like, once you realize what you're good at and what you're not good at, you just learn to perfect it and you're just learning to be good at it. And I remember like in the beginning, Khalil was never good at talking to people. So I was always the one like, here, just give me the microphone. Like, don't even say anything. I got it. Or just join in. So it's like, now you see he's doing this thing so fluently and it's like, it took four years to get here. So it's like really yeah. to learn. Wow. I think, and it's like, like she said, like we bounce really well off of each other. Um, even in our business meetings, like if it's, it's weird, it's weird how it happens. Like if I freeze up to me, it's ready to like pick up and go on. And it's the same, like vice versa. Um, because I think we, we literally are like 50, 50 and we combine well. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like the spaces that she's not good in, I'm good in the spaces that I'm not good in. She's good in. So it's like, we, I don't know. It's, it's really like a match made in heaven, literally. Like when I tell you like the work that we do wouldn't be like, if it wasn't for one of us, it wouldn't be able to be like, it wouldn't be able to happen. God knows what he's doing. He knows the right connections, the right networks, when, where, the place you need to be. It's always divine providence with God, I'm telling you. So I lied, I do have one more question. So how does, what's next? for YBMKQ, what is next? Um, Of course, Corona is running rampant and this year, 2020, um, yeah, it's for the birds. But what is new? What do you guys see in your future for your organization? Um, So something that we promised one of our funders um, and not even that we're doing it just because we promised them that, but um, something that we wanna do um, and that was in the works was we wanted to start a mentoring program Mm-hmm. Um, where we're able to mentor young people um, mm-hmm. and, you know me, build them up. Um, I will say stay tuned for a surprise that we have for next summer. Okay. Um, but we will probably start um, and start to begin an online mentorship program. Um, where we're able to talk to people online um, and, like, just meet with young people, um, just to be able to guide them through different processes. Um, like, a lot of people went to college, right? Um, and I think that many people don't look at people their age as mentors, um, but I promise it helps. Like, there's a lot of uh, people my age that I look up to yeah. um, and vice versa. Um, so I would say that's in the works. Uh, mentorship program is in the works, whether it's going to be virtual or whether it's going to be in person. Um, the Black Tie and the Gospel Explosion concert that we added this year is rescheduled for next year. Um, I won't announce when we're having it, but yeah, it's, it's going to be big. Um, okay. And so I would just say stay tuned. Don't count us out um and stay encouraged even with everything going on um the work that you want to do is still there business opportunities are there um so just take those love it love it now how can everybody get in contact with you of course you know we'll show at the end of the credits all of your social media pages um and then uh, website but how can people get in contact with you if they want to learn more and support uh the initiative that you are doing so we have a, um, a contact tab on our website. Um, I want to say it's on the right side of our website um, where they can contact us and we get all the submission forms and uh, we'll reply back. Um, but if you need to get in contact with either of us directly, uh, my email is khalil at onehood.org. 
Um, it's K-A-H-L-I-L at onehood.org, the number one. Um, and to me, it's just to me at onehood.org. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you can just Google us because if you type in Young Black Motivated Kings and Queens in Google, a lot of different things come up. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you guys you have probably read like five different news articles in like three minutes. <laughs> well, you guys have definitely inspired me, Khalil and Tamia. I mean, I'm hoping that you guys, that this little platform will be able to just have other doors open for you uh, to continue to support and pour into what you guys are doing in the city of Pittsburgh. So thank you both for your leadership, your courage, your boldness and stepping out on faith and doing what needs to be done for our community and for our young people. Thank you very much for joining. Thank you so much. And now it is time for our Rebel Fake Moment. I want to thank Khalil and Tamia for joining us today on this episode. And let me tell you, I have been inspired and I hope that you have too, inspired by the work that they are doing and helping so many young people around this country and specifically in the city of Pittsburgh. We need more young people to be able to shed light. You know, sometimes we don't even want to hear it from our parents. We don't want to hear it from an older individual, an older adult uh, providing that wisdom but sometimes we can look at the experience and wisdom and guidance of some people our own age to be able to spark an interest, to spark something exciting and new in our lives. And so that's why for today's Rebel Faith Moment, it comes from 1 Corinthians 10 and 31. And it says, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Everything that we ought to do ought to be inspired by God. They didn't have all of the answers. They didn't have every single detail laid out. And sometimes you won't know. You won't know the path that you need to take, but all it takes is for you to lift up your foot and to get moving. You know, dreams are not just to be longed after, but dreams are meant to be lived. I'll say that again. Dreams are not just meant to be longed after, but they are meant to be lived. And that comes from Marshawn Daniels. It is interesting that our lives are meant to be lived. God said that he has given us an abundant life to live life and have that more abundantly. And so we ought to take a lesson from Khalil and Tamia today that whatever it is that we have a vision to see or the experiences that we have uh, gone through, even if if it's traumatic like Khalil of losing an uncle and then losing friends, things that seem to be taking from him, but he then begins to pour back into his community. All it takes is a mustard seed, a mustard seed of faith to speak to this mountain and say that it will be moved. All it takes is a mustard seed. And maybe that mustard seed is for you to give some encouragement and build someone's uh, self-esteem. Just like Tamia was saying that there are young women, young girls who need to understand that they are valued, that they are worth more than what this world may say, how they are treated by men and some of the things that they are doing, that we need to be able to have more self-worth and integrity for ourselves, have a better character of all that God has given and possessed us with. And the same thing with Khalil and how their partnership is together and how they are creating a new narrative that you don't have to be together in a relationship or an intimate relationship with someone just to be able to be business partners. So I encourage you today 
to think about 1 Corinthians 10.31. What is it that you are doing? And are you doing it for the Lord? Is it really for God's glory? Are you living? Are you living the dreams and the visions that God has given you? Are you stepping out on faith to accomplish that which what God wants you to? Because guess what I'm here to tell you? It will not only help you in your walk, it will not only give you what you need, but it's going to bless and minister to somebody else. It's going to uplift them. It's going to inspire them and encourage them to keep going a little while longer. So I encourage you today to take the advice from Khalil and Tamia, allow their story and what they have gone through and what they're trying to do in the city of Pittsburgh, let that be an inspiration to you to do it, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. God bless you.